Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are Jill's Journals Out Loud. I am recording this on, it is Tuesday, it is June 27th, and it is the year 2023. And as I talked to you this morning, I don't know how many of you are aware or not, uh, but I learned last night that on Saturday morning, there were real discussions about a first strike from the U.S. Now, they decided to say no because we're all still here, but that decision was real, it was on the table, and it almost happened. Now, I want to talk about what that means for all of us, not as an abstraction, but as a reality in terms of how our nervous systems are wired and how we all are responding to this unbelievably critical moment in our world, unprecedented in so many ways. So we're going to take a deep breath. We're going to listen to the intro. This is going to be a little bit jumbled because I'm still trying to process too many ideas at one time, but deep breath, my friends. I will see you on the other side. Tell me why. and I am so glad you're here. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. I draw on them to bring you a podcast focusing on those of us who are wired for danger in both the fight and the fallout, because my heart and mission is to serve you in yours and what I know to be true as a wired for danger human. The quest for meaning is Without a mission we are willing to die for, there is no purpose or meaning to live for. We are not special, but necessary. Our lives are often hard, and they rarely end well. But even knowing all of this, we just can't not do what we were born to do, because we can't stop being who we were born to be. If you are new, I hope you'll listen and see if any of this rings true. And if so, you are not alone. And with that, we are so glad you're here. I've been looking for a place that I'd rather be. I've been searching for my own destiny. I raise my gun to the sky and scream out loud. This is my life. This is my hope. This is what. Stay.
Okay, so when I say that there was a first strike on the table Saturday morning to initiate nuclear attack, nuclear war, by choosing to press the button. Because the idea was, is that Russia at the time was a little destabilized because there was a coup, theoretically, untheoretically, in progress. Uh, There was uncertainty about who had control of the nuclear warheads in both Belarus and in Russia. And if it was a situation in which people that had control might have initiated the strike out to everybody else, the thinking was maybe, who knows, uh, let's just take care of it first. Now, I just want to put that out there because you aren't really going to see that out in the main news. And so you may be saying to me, how do you even know if that's true? And it really doesn't matter because we've actually been at this critical point over and over again. Uh, Sometimes we launch, the U.S. launched nuclear weapons, uh, and sometimes we're on the verge of launching Bay of Pigs. So it's not that these things aren't happening. The issue is they are happening. And what I want to talk about today is, do we need to know about these massive life and death issues? Do we want to know about these massive life and death issues? Do we have any capacity to control them, to change them, to understand them? And who are we as fight, flight, freeze in the face of them. And the reason that's so important is that there is no bigger decision that affects all of us than the choice to decide to create massive nuclear annihilation, right? I mean, that's a decision somebody else is making that has such massive effects, consequences, it's just you can't even imagine it other than, you know, watching a dystopian movie, right? And it's very different than, you know, like a meteor coming at us that we haven't initiated to ourselves. It's very difficult to process an idea that people would intentionally kill everybody. Like what goes behind that kind of decision making? Because the flip side of it is, none of this needs to be happening. Now, I just want to set that as sort of the the uh, table on what I want to talk about, because that decision feels humongous. Like, who cares? I can't change it. I can't control it. And why should I bother to understand it? Because there is no bigger version of that, pretty much. I mean, you can self-destruct by yourself, you can take out a few people, but most of us are never going to be in a position to make a decision that will take out pretty much the entire planet, right? And it's the same process as the most simplest of decisions that all of us make all day, every day. And we don't usually think about things that way. We think about 
you know, there's just our life, but what's happening on the big picture doesn't affect me, so I don't want to think about it. And I'm saying it's all the same process, how we make those decisions, how we create these consequences for both ourselves and others. And by not understanding, by not thinking about it, we create unwanted outcomes because we did not choose to be responsible for understanding this process. And because collectively we've been asleep for so long, we don't want to look, we don't want to know, we've allowed things as a planet to escalate to the point where we are literally, not theoretically, not conspiracy, literally have people or not people, whatever, sitting around having real discussions with their fingers hovering over a button that destroys everything. And that's too much. Most people shut down. And the reason uh, I'm talking about this is, you know, I posted a video on Saturday morning and that's when all this was happening. So all of this conversation about whether to go first strike was happening Saturday morning. And I was having so much discomfort in my energy system, like I could barely focus. And, uh, I, you know, I made the video, I made a reference to this whole kind of uh, nuclear edge thing. And uh, somebody in the comments, a uh, couple people, but somebody made the equivalent of, well, just don't worry about it, be happy. And it just makes me crazy when people say things like that. And I've been thinking a lot about why that pisses me off. Because how am I supposed to not worry and be happy when someone's finger is hovering over the nuclear button? How am I supposed to be, don't worry, be happy, uh, you know, knowing what's happening at the border, knowing what's happening to these children, knowing what's happening to all the people starving because of these terrible decisions that we've allowed to go forward because too many people just don't want to know about it and they're more focused on how can I be happy? How can I not know about what I don't want so I can focus on what I do want, which is to not know about the things that make me uncomfortable? And when, when we talk about that, most of us shut down and say, I just don't care. Uh, and I started thinking about the serenity prayer. You know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And then I started thinking about, well, that's change is one thing. Control is a second thing. And understanding is a third thing. But they all go together. And I was thinking about all the people, all the children who have no control, who don't need to understand and can't change anything, and all the adults making decisions and how that's affecting them, and how the majority of adults don't want to think about those decisions. They don't want to know, and therefore, we're not interrupting that process. <clears throat> and why is someone telling me, don't worry, be happy, when 
everything in my body is reacting to this reality. I can feel something's very wrong. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what the specifics are, but I can feel Saturday morning something's very wrong. Uh, I know I can't control it. I know I can't change it. All I can do is seek to understand it and then decide what I want to do with that. Uh, And it might be to not worry and be happy. Uh, It might be to seek to understand, like, what is happening? Am I crazy for feeling this way? Uh, Am I wrong? Uh, You know, we get to make choices and decisions about every moment of every life, whether we are conscious of ourselves doing that or not. But it is insulting to me for someone to say, you're wrong for feeling that way. And so the question I started to have is like, why, why is that person telling me I'm wrong for feeling the way I feel? And the reason why is because they don't want to feel, know, understand why, what, how I'm feeling the way I am. So they need to make me wrong, right? You're wrong for feeling stressed out about nuclear war. You should come to my side and tune out. And that's how we get into these situations. And so, I, like I said, this is going to be jumbled because I haven't really finished processing this all out, but I have so much to do. And uh, today, I wanted to get these concepts down. I don't have the time to, in my own mind and energy right now, to filter them and sort them and organize them. But hopefully, uh, you will get something from them because this is so important. And so, you know, what... What happens when you are a wired for danger person is you are built to look and seek and scout for danger, right? And so if you have a tribe of 100 people, you have a handful of people who are born wired for danger. You have a larger group that are built to run away, and you have a larger group that are built to freeze up. So in the olden days, when you were a small group, you kind of, everybody sort of sorted themselves out. You could see who were, who were the fighters, uh, who were the peacemakers, who were the people that just got stuff done, right? And there wasn't judgment around it. There was organization and ownership because the tribe, the 100 people needed everybody in that group. So what you would do is if you were the scout, they would send you out in a way, right, you would go out and you would look for the war party. You would look for the animals that uh, you were going to hunt. You would go out and seek the danger. And then you would come back and you'd say, hey, this other tribe or whatever is coming to make war on us uh, or you know, the weather's changing or a natural disaster, whatever the danger was, right? The scout has the capacity to organize their five senses and their intuition to go find the danger. They move towards the danger. So then they come back and they say, hey, this danger is coming to us. It will be bad for our group. What do you want to do about it? And so just for visual references, let's say that, you know, there's a tidal wave coming, all right? And we have a year to prepare for this tidal wave. So the scout goes out and they say, hey, in a year from now, a hundred foot tidal wave is going to come towards us. It's moving slow. It's way out there. 
but it's coming. So they come back to the group and the group says, okay, what are we going to do about this massive tidal wave coming? So the people who are good at planning and organizing and managing take over. The people who are good at building take over. Everybody has a role within this group to prepare, organize, plan, and work collectively to, to mitigate the damage and the danger of the tidal wave, right? And that's how human species moved forward. Even animals are better at this than we are, right? Except domesticated animals who just sit there and let bad things happen to them. So it made sense, right? Because everybody needed to work together. Everybody needed a, a different nervous system default because the, the scout sucks at organizing and managing. The scout sucks at the day in and the day out practical building, right? But the scout is very good at going out and finding danger about being uncomfortable. I, I wish I could remember the name of this guy. It's like John Bartholomew or something, but uh, I heard about his life on uh, The Art of Manliness by Brett, I think it's McKay. He does a really good job writing articles, and he has really interesting podcasts. And he he labeled this guy as the most interesting man in the world. And what's interesting about the host, Brett, is that there is a longing in his soul to be an adventurer, but he's not. And he's he's so smart and good at... Uh, you know, it's hard for me to read articles online, but the few of his that I've read, he has this amazing capacity to take a lot of information and then condense it and organize it in a incredibly effective way. And I was thinking about, I can't do that. I can read a whole book and I can tell you what the bottom line is, right? This is what the book is. But most people can't hear that. They need more information. And so he has a skill set I don't have, but he has a longing uh, to be a wired for danger person. And so he was talking about this scout guy and this uh, uh, this adventurer, and he had all kinds of adventures. He, uh, you know, he, he, the only people this uh, John guy respected were the Apache, and they were talking about the Apache as warriors, and it was just crazy, intense, dangerous stuff. And 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 yet, you know, I perk up, and I love that kind of stuff, and how. Uh, but the scouting part of this guy's life included just days and days and days of sitting, focused, looking, and doing nothing. And almost nobody can do that, right? And how difficult that is. But for those who are wired to be able to focus intensely on seeking something to be able to find the danger... That's a very specific nervous system that's been wired. Now, what we do in our culture today, and this is a domestication problem, right, is now, you know, the scout comes back and says, hey, there's a tidal wave coming. And because there's no longer 100 people, there's 1,000 people. The response is, you're just making that up. It's not true. Uh, you shouldn't feel that way. How would you know, right? So there's all this dismissal and push against the idea that there's danger coming. I don't want to know. That makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to shut down. I don't want to know. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm just going to walk away. I don't want to know. That makes me uncomfortable. So I'm going to make you wrong so I can be safe. And that's where this whole safety and comfort thing comes in. The scout goes out. He's not safe. 
She's not comfortable, but she's doing what she's wired to do. So she comes back or he comes back and says, hey, 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 listen, this is what I want to tell you, and is humiliated, dismissed, and crucified, persecuted, made wrong, put in jail. We hate the messenger of a truth that makes us feel unsafe or feel uncomfortable. And everything about the scout, everything about the wire for danger person is, I will be unsafe and uncomfortable if it will save your life. So I come back, she comes back, he comes back. I'm trying to tell you this to save your life. And all you're met with is, you're wrong, I don't want to know, go away. Now, as a grown-up, right, I can make that decision. Well, F you, I'm out of here. As a child, I learn very quickly. She learns very quickly. He learns very quickly. Mommy and Daddy won't love me if I tell the truth. Mommy and Daddy don't want me to feel this way, right? Mommy and Daddy or brothers and sisters or whatever are pushing against what feels normal to me. So I'm going to shut it down. And think about a world in which we have no scouts. Think about a world in which we have nobody willing to go to the edge and be uncomfortable and unsafe to tell you what's coming in the future so we can work together to make sure that doesn't happen. Now think about the tidal wave itself. I am the evil and I'm coming to get you. What's the most effective thing you could do, right? Is you can manipulate the concepts of and the information and the beliefs about what you can change, what you can't control, and what we don't want you to understand. So look at what we're doing to the children, right? You don't, you are wrong as a boy, you should be a girl. You are wrong to feel upset about the fact that you are uh, not doing what I tell you to do. Now that little child is feeling very confused, but what that child wants more than being right is to be loved and accepted. And so they will default against everything going on within them in order to gain love and acceptance. And if the parents aren't up front in this process, then the big tidal wave, the evil, the the people who are screwed up in their thinking will come in and take over and do that for you. And that gets into all this responsibility and accountability that domesticated animals no longer have. You know, it was fascinating to watch the cows versus the, you know, I the antelope. It's, I don't even know what they were. They looked more like an antelope uh, when I was on the cow farm. And, you know, a lot of times they would both, the cows and the antelope would be on the field eating grass together. And it was fascinating to watch how different the cows and the antelope were. Now, the antelope were constantly alert, and they were alert at great distance. They would perk up and they would watch. The cows were oblivious, unless you got really close and you pushed at them, right? Uh, The only time the cows got aware is when they had a baby. And so 
Uh, but on a day in and day out basis, the cows really didn't care unless you were bringing food. And if you brought food, they would come running towards you. Everything else was about uh, either you're bothering me or I don't want to know. They would just sit there. Uh, you know, the coyote would just walk back and forth against the cows without the cows wouldn't bat an eye. Now, what was super interesting with the antelope is sometimes the coyote would walk by and the antelope wouldn't move. And other times the coyote would walk by and the antelope would pick up and run really quickly. And it was fascinating to watch the difference between the cows and the antelope and how they responded to what could or could not be danger. And the more domesticated the animal, the less responsive to an external danger that animal becomes. And we don't understand that because we are, in essence, a domesticated species. And how it is the default into domestication that has created this unbelievable inability to spot danger when it's far enough away to do something about it. And it's only uh, becomes into our awareness when it gets really close, but we're making our decisions based on just wanting to be safe and comfortable versus wanting to know what the truth is that will create way more discomfort and way more lack of safety. And I know these are big abstract ideas and probably everybody's tuned out at this point. And again, I don't have this, you know, completely sorted in my mind because all I know is that one of the reasons people are yelling louder and talking faster is because they're the wired for danger people are screaming at the top of their lungs, danger, danger, danger. And it's getting, the tidal wave is getting closer and closer and closer and nobody wants to know about it and nobody wants to do anything. Like, how are we just sitting here doing nothing day in and day out, myself included, while somebody is literally in our country with their finger hovering over the nuclear button. And the reality is, is we don't even know who is making that decision for all of us because it's clearly not the person we quote unquote elected, right? Whoever's running the country, we don't even know who's running the country. We have no accountability for the decisions that are being made that affect us to the point of we have been so willing to not know in exchange for some safety and some comfort that we have allowed ourselves to be at the brink of nuclear war. And if anybody thinks that that's going to happen and they're going to be okay, you might be alive, but it is not going to be okay for a very long time. I mean, if we were really paying attention, one, we'd never have gotten here. But two, we would be down, you know, in the olden days, they went down and tarred and feathered anybody that pissed them off. Now, 
It sounds funny. I actually saw, I think it was a John Adams miniseries. I watched what that whole tar and feather thing actually looks like. And it is so horrific. I can't even believe they would do that. But, you know, the tar would burn their skin and trying to pull it off. It was just horrifying. But the reality is, is that people would become upset with their representatives or their tax people or whoever, and they would run down and haul them out of the office to make them accountable. Now, I'm not saying we should do that, but we should all be inundating or impeaching every political official that is participating in allowing the fact that we are on the brink of nuclear war. And we don't do that. This is seeking to understand versus what we can change or what we can control. We don't do that because we don't want to know because if, if we knew what we had to do now to prevent it, it would move us into a level of discomfort we are unwilling to participate in because that discomfort is more terrifying than the reality of what nuclear war would be. And there's such insanity in that. But think about that. Like if I told you, if you put your cell phone down, if we went and we pulled all the cell phone towers down and we all stopped using cell phones, uh, all of, you know, we could change our country. How many people would be willing to let go of their cell phone if they thought that it would save the majority of our lives. Almost nobody, because we want the convenience and the uh, ease, right, of a life with a cell phone. We can intellectually understand how insane that is, but emotionally, how many people are willing to let go of their cell phone? Now, most of us, because we're older listening to this, we had a life before the cell phone. It's hard to imagine, right? I remember... Uh, remember when there was answering machines, how exciting it was to know that you didn't have to be near the phone to catch it if you were waiting for somebody to call you. And then, you know, the heartbreak when there was no message, when you wanted somebody to call you. But just that tiny thing of having a message take your phone call that you didn't have to stare at the phone, right, to catch the message. But just think about how far we've come to this unbelievable convenience to be comfortable that we've sacrificed all of our safety. And then to have somebody say, well, just don't worry about it. Be happy, right? Be happy that you can experience your last few minutes listening to this podcast on your cell phone. And then in the next breath, as you understand the process, everything you knew in the world is obliterated. Now, this is just who we are as humans. This is our process. This is our learning curve. There's the, the reality that none of this need be, right? As a tribe of 100 to move effectively, you could do that in a small group. We are wired socially and uh, realistically to operate in small groups, not big, massive operations. Uh, all of this massive centralization is designed to make us cattle and livestock, right? Because we are not responsible for anything because we feel like we don't have control of anything. And because that feels uncomfortable, we choose to just ignore it because it feels bad to feel completely out of control over things that we believe we can't change,
And the only thing we can really change is how we want to think and feel about it. Because I can't stop nuclear war. I can't stop myself from feeling the tension on Saturday that this is happening. Uh, But I can choose to increase my level of mastery to not let it derail me to the point it was derailing me. And it just doesn't get any bigger than the decision to deal with this question of nuclear war. And so this period of time is offering us this humongously gigantic opportunity to manage ideas at a personal level that are unprecedented, right? I mean, how many people, like, how would I ever know within days that this decision was being made? Because in the past, we just, information was so slow, it would be years before we would know how close we were to the moment of annihilation, right? And so it isn't about us all running out and stopping the thing we don't want, because we can't. We can't. That's the serenity prayer. I can't control the insane leaders in Washington. I can't control any people in large enough numbers willing to be uncomfortable enough to do the hard thing because we weren't willing to do it when it was a little bit hard. Why would we be willing to do it when it's really difficult? And so we are in progress and process of monumental changes because these are the consequences of both decisions made and unmade. But the most insulting thing about all of this is don't tell me I'm wrong for seeing and knowing and understanding all these things. What the real issue is, is why don't you want to know? And that's my work to let go of. My work as a Wired for Danger person isn't to make you hear me scream at you that the tidal wave is coming. My work in this moment in time as a Wired for Danger person is to stop letting it bother me so much, not knowing what the truth is, not understanding the truth. My work is to stop letting it bother me and upset me that you don't want to know. And that is really, really hard, right? It's very hard when you have a child or a loved one who's an addict and they're killing themselves, whatever they're using, and letting that person go, right? Making the decision, I can't control you. I can't change you. I can only understand what's happening. And what I understand is I can't fix this for you. You have to experience the consequences of your decisions and your choices. You are responsible and accountable for your own choices and your decisions. And unfortunately, there's the individual and then there's the collective. And right now we're in this big facts collective experience of most people wanting to not know because it is so threatening to their nervous system that they can't deal with it. So they're going to freeze up or they're going to run away. But the alternative is to trust the wired for danger, the fight person, to trust them when they come to you and say, hey, there's a problem that's going to happen a year from now. What are we going to do about it? And that's the solution out of this is we have to trust each other and what we're all good at. And, you know, the wire for danger persons 
needs to get out of the way, right? Stop, not be part of the solution in many ways because we just make it worse. That's not our skill set. Our skill set is to go find the danger, come back and say, hey, this is going to happen. Uh, our skill set is to be on the perimeter and to to create safety so the people inside the community can get stuff done. Our, our value to each other is to respect, to understand, and to honor and work together about what our skill sets are, not to yell at people who don't who are saying things we don't want to know, not to dismiss and ignore things that make us uncomfortable, but to trust each other. And when we don't trust each other, we don't trust that, hey, if this person who's been right about 10 things on the 11th time now, Maybe it's time to listen to what they're saying to me. You know, I had that in my uh, personal experience is, uh, you know, when I was younger, it was always, this is why I don't like to be around people, right? Because the main reason I don't like to be around people is that there's two things. One, that people on the inside don't match on the outside. So when I'm one-on-one with somebody, they're saying one thing and they're feeling something else. And because there's conflict, in what's going on within them versus how they're acting on the outside, it's so stressful for me because I don't know what to react to. Do I react to what I feel is happening within them versus do I react to or interact with what's going on uh, on their outside? And so it's easier for me just to get away with that, get away from it. And then the same thing is true in reverse. Like they don't like what I'm presenting. And so their discomfort with who I am is exhausting. And so it's just easier for me to be with animals, with nature, with ideas, with God, with all the things that are consistent on the inside and the outside. Animals are not manipulative. Animals are not confused. Nature's not confused. God is not confused, uh, right? There, It's a consistency that you will not find with 99.9% of human beings. And so as a child, you know, I would, was confused because, you know, I would feel one thing and I would hear and see something else and they were in contrast. And it took me a long time to trust that what I felt was usually right versus what I was seeing and hearing uh, at the five sensory level. Uh, and, you know, one of the, the biggest examples I had of that was I, uh, uh, I had a. I used to work at Knott's Berry Farm, and so there uh, was a guy there who was, uh, you know, Mister California. He was six four. He was tan, blue eyes, handsome, rich family, nice, nice guy, right? And uh, I ended up him and another gal. We were like three's company, like, and they were the irresponsible ones. And of course, I was the responsible. I can still see the mold in the dishes. Uh, they wouldn't do the dishes, and I would get mad, and so I would just leave them there until mold would grow. So you know, we all had very different. Uh, they both came from a lot of money, uh, and I came from a lot of responsibility. And so I was constantly stressed out with them because I was overly responsible and they were under responsible. So I wasn't good with that, but they're all, we're all very nice people. So, uh, but anyways, he had a best friend and I really liked his best friend. Uh, and I liked, liked him, but his best friend was sending me all these mixed signals and I could never understand what they were. I knew something was going on. I mean, I knew he 
liked me, but I didn't understand why he didn't like me, you know, romantically, right? And so uh, I remember one time they were wrestling in the living room and I turned to the gal, I can't even remember her name now, and I said, you know, that doesn't look like normal uh, friendship behavior. <laughs> it looks like it was uh, two guys, you know, having almost sex. And, and at the same time, you know, my best friend was gay and I was learning about homosexuality at the time. So, cause that was before everybody knew everything about everybody. So it was still new to me. I was still asking questions. You know, we would go to Hollywood. I was being exposed to this other world. And, a couple of years later, so, you know, I left that situation, I graduated college, blah, blah, blah. A couple of years later, uh, me and my friend are at a, uh, in Hollywood or somewhere, we're at a gay festival, Pride, not Pride, that was before Pride. We were at some kind of thing in LA or Hollywood or somewhere. Guess who comes walking up? The guy that, the friend, the best friend, his name was Mark. And he walks up to me and he's like, yeah, this is what I never wanted to tell you. I'm gay. And yeah, me and the guy, we were, you know, involved. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, and that was sort of the moment where I knew I could trust what I felt more than what was being said, what I saw, what I heard. So I knew something was going on. But there was no supporting evidence on the, just my feeling, my intuition, my reading of the energy. And, um, and that was like this big aha moment where I'm like, okay, I need to trust how I feel way more than I need to trust what I see. Now, that makes thinking people insane, right? Because there's no evidence. You can't prove it. I just know I'm right because I've been doing this so long now. And that to me is how Saturday morning felt. Like something was really wrong. I knew something was really wrong. I didn't know what was really wrong, but I could feel it. But the question I had to start asking myself is, do I tell anybody? And I am moving into this place where I don't want to start warning people because one, they don't want to know. Two, the energy is very fluid, right? So that was averted. So if you say something, you look crazy. Like, hey, there might be nukes going off any moment, which is what I could feel. But I didn't want to say it out loud and very to, to anybody because if they don't go off, then you are dismissed as wrong and crazy and uh, just, oh, that's you being you, Right. And that's what we do to children. That's how we lose the, instead of honing this as a skill set, instead of respecting it, instead of training it, instead of moving it forward so that we are warned wildly in advance. You know, there was the Star Trek, uh, one of those with Captain Picard and Counselor Troy. And Counselor Troy's position was to read the energy uh, and she was respected. And I remember there was an episode where she lost that capacity and she was like blind. And I, I can totally relate to that because if I couldn't navigate my world based on how I read the energy, it would be like losing my sight or losing my hearing. It would be uh, disabling to me. But because we don't want to know uh, we don't respect that. We push against that. Uh, I can't tell anybody and and maintain credibility, right? So we uh, 
you know, there's people who tend to be right. So we put a lot of energy into them, but we don't understand what's really happening. And so I'm losing my focus here. Okay. So the point is, is that for those of us who are wired a specific way, we can't help people know what they don't want to know. We can't control what we can't control. We can't change what we can't change, but we can understand it, both ourselves and what's happening. And then we can make decisions, what we want to think about it, what we want to feel about it, and what we want to do about it. And the reality is, is all of those things are so hard, right? So I get that what's very real is there's a finger hovering over nuclear buttons right now. We are so close. We are so close. I have the ability to know that, but it doesn't mean, I, but I can't make it not happen. I could, if I wanted to, you know, put the dogs in the truck and drive down to the edge of Argentina, right? I could do that as a way to manage what's a very dangerous process. Now, I'm not going to do that because it's too hard. I don't want to do that. I'm, I don't want to make that decision. But that's very different than I can't make that decision. I am not helpless in the face of all this. In the same way as I can't save anybody knowing what I know any more than all the people who are screaming and yelling, you can't make people want to know what they don't want to know. All you can do is let go and decide what you want to do, how you want to feel, what you want to understand, what you want to think. This is the world that we can manage. And we get to decide where we want to do that, how we want to do that, when we want to do it. These are all the things that are within our control. These are all the things we can change. What we can't change is the reality that there is a tidal wave raging at us and that as a society and a culture, we've made the decision to not trust the people who have tried to warn us of the danger. And because we didn't trust those people, we are now in the midst of experiencing horrible, ridiculous things. These are the consequences by not choosing to be responsible, not choosing to be accountable, not choosing to trust those people that were screaming warnings at us. And here we are, and this is happening, and this is a moment that we all get to decide, regardless of what our nervous system default is, we get to decide who we want to be in the moment of what's happening right now. And so for somebody like me, who is feeling all this danger and seeing all these things happening and not being able to do anything about it, I get to decide, do I want to be upset? Do I want to sacrifice my future because nobody else wants to listen to me? I mean, these are all the decisions I've made along the way, right? I Out of the emergency room, out of social work, out of all these systems that didn't want to listen to me screaming trying to save you. Please let me save your life. Please let me help you. Please help. let me help you make this better. Please let me help stop the horror that's happening to these children. Nobody wants to know, right? And so we burn out 
we get sick, we fall apart, and we have to make the decision. Do we want to die trying to save you from something you don't want to know? Or do we, do we decide to make peace with the fact you don't want to know? And then how we want to move forward on that. And, and I'm even, you know, at a point now where even the people like me who are screaming, they don't want to know, right? Those of us who are wired for danger, we don't even want to know as a majority that we, that you don't want to have, you don't want to know. People don't want to know. Do we step back? I, I don't have the answers to all these. I just wanted to go over all this. Again, I know it's kind of jumbled, but We've entered a level of danger that is so overwhelming. And for those that are wired up to feel it like me, to intellectually understand it, you know, by the people online screaming and yelling, uh, by everybody who can feel it, see it, hear it, know it, it is so uncomfortable to be aware of how much danger is we're all in right now and not be able to do anything about it and not make any enough people care about it to stop it and to know that knowing about the danger isn't enough. That's a very big spiritual lesson. It's a big emotional lesson and it's a very real mental and physical experience. And we're all going to have a different uh, way through it in the same way, you know, like some cows just are, you know, calmly go through the gates. Some cows, you know, buck and run away. Uh, you know, we're all very different in the way we're going to experience what's happening to us. But the reality is this is happening to us. We have let go of our ability to work together to manage these kinds of situations productively and we are in the disintegration of all of that because we did not choose to do that. Uh, and then there'll be the other side, and we'll get to decide again as a culture, as a civilization, as people, as humans, what we want to do next time. And that's the beauty of the cycle, right? Okay, this time didn't work. Let's try it again. Whether that's, you know, day in and day out, every 24 hours, right? Okay, today's a new day. I get to decide, do I want to do things like I did them yesterday or am I going to do something different today? Uh, a lifetime, multiple lifetimes. I mean, we get to do this over and over and over again until we make different decisions, right? And I'm pretty sure, you know, the goal is to get to the point where uh, we don't annihilate ourselves because we don't want to know. But we all have to move towards that in a different way. We have to experience all sides of it uh, and we're slow uh, because it's hard. <laughs> so anyways, uh, that is my uh, dump for the day. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I was trying to put all these thoughts and at the same time I'm like, okay, I have this much time before the bugs come out. I have this much time before it gets too hot for me to move. I have to get all this stuff done. Like I'm still recording on this phone, which I don't like, but I've kind of almost got a little space set up maybe that I can record on the other micro. I mean, all these stupid tiny decisions that seem wildly retarded and irrelevant in the face of, you know, nuclear annihilation. Uh, and it's very difficult. It's difficult to know uh, and it's difficult to get up and treat it as just another 24 hours. And somehow uh, the dogs sense that I said something. They've gotten very good at reading me. Any movement, any word that means they're going out. So 
All right, they're, they're now about ready to go crazy. So deep breath, my friends. Good luck. I hope we're all here next time in which I can see you, hear you, try to understand you, and I'm always in support and appreciation of you. And with that, there will hopefully be a next time.